Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. and welcome back to Grave Consequences Podcast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at xmaserati. Of course, the recording date is August 5th, 2021. Unfortunately, I am still the COVID kid, but we're here to review Season 2, Episode 8 of Lucha Underground. The title is Life After Death. And Greg, how are we doing 30 seconds after we finished the last episode? Doing pretty good. Uh... You can hear, I probably can hear my dog in the background. I'm not sure if they can, but she's just got back from being outside, so she's feeling pretty good and hot. Uh, yeah. man, that's good, man. Let her get that rest, you know? Good for yeah. her. Good for her. So, the very first thing we see on this episode of Lucha Underground is Phoenix in the back, and he is being confronted by Katrina. And, you know, she's like, It's no secret, I, I want your power because. Maybe your power could give me life again. So for those of you not paying attention to the vignettes, they're literally spelling it out for you. Katrina is undead. She yes. is a spirit. She is some kind of goddess that, of the undead. Mm-hmm. And I also wrote down, and, and like, like you just said, she spells it out for you. Like They just tell you flat out she wants his powers so she can mm-hmm. be alive again. Yeah, uh, and then she follows it up with, "I wonder if I should have stayed loyal to you." Red flag mm-hmm. statement of this the millennium. I said it's such a red flag; it glows in the dark. Like if anyone ever tells you in real life, I've, I sometimes I think I should have been loyal to you. Like that's you can't get any more of a red flag because someone thinking they should have stayed loyal to you just tells you that they wanted something other than love from you. Mm, yeah, I I said it had ultraviolet shades of red <laughs> on this flag. <laughs> Oh, that's really good, man. That's really good. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And uh, by the way, this is uh, (coughs) foreshadowing the main event, which is, of course, Phoenix challenging, turning in the Gift of the Gods to challenge Mil Muertes for the Lucha Underground Championship. 
Katrina gives Phoenix one last kiss, as she says, and uh, we'll see where things go from there. But our first match of the night, Jesse and the Rippers, of course, Ivelisse and Helico and Son of Havoc, challenging the Disciples of the of Death, or as I call them, Purple, Red, and White, for hmm. the Trios Championship. This is now or never. If Jesse and the Rippers lose, they ha- must hit the open road and never return to the temple. It's all on the line for them. Yeah. And let me ask you, on first watch, you may not remember, on first watch, did you know that Jesse and the Rippers gonna w- were going to win? I figured they would win as soon as I heard the stipulation last week. Yeah. I, I didn't remember them winning. Uh, you're going to find out there's a lot I forgot about from... I mean, if if you're a fan of the show and you listen, you know that my memory is completely... I mean, it's probably the worst thing about me. <laughs> I yeah. don't remember things. I've, I misremembered things, and they affected my opinion of certain people on the other show, uh, the other season. So I, I'm keeping certain opinions to myself because... This episode, not just that, but another thing that occurs on the show, it didn't make me change my mind, but I completely forgot. Um, and, I mean, this was a good match. I mean, the, the story they're telling, the Jesse and the Rippers, they had full unity, full unity for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, their back was against the wall. It was do or die. And they did at least two to three triple team moves together. Like the they did one thing where they kept running into the other adjacent corner taking turns running into a different guy. I mean, they, the thing with the uh, three stooges is that if you give them enough time, they regenerate kind of like Phoenix. Uh, So they, they went in here doing their best to just annihilate these guys. Yeah. Which thank God. And that was the story of the match was, you know, the Technicos got the advantage early on, but as long as they, you know, lasted through the onslaught, which they did, the Rudos, they got control. And it was a lot of trouble for Ivelisse for quite some time. Yeah, they had the, the Rudos had control for a little bit, but I mean, just the onslaught from, from the Technicos. Like, I mean, uh, and Helico kept doing V triggers. They, they were calling him Shorty Knees. I mm-hmm. think this is before Kenny was super over. It's like right before uh, Bullet yeah. Club exploded. Uh, there well, was even was, a, like as Bullet Club exploded, like AJ Styles had just left for WWE and Kenny exactly and, and everything. Yeah, it was right. It's like right at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny hadn't won the G1 or anything. No, Kenny, I think AJ really just because AJ wasn't there for long. He was there for like a year. A couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the final spot was a buckle bomb. By Angelico, followed up by shooting star press by Havoc. And, you know, I think we've even had criticisms of this. And this is what, this was a criticism that Ring of Honor had where they would do all these hot, high spots. And by the time they got to the match, the, the, the move that won the match was not the right, was not the crescendo of the match. And to be realistic, the crescendo shouldn't always be the ending of a match. But this was like the highest point of the match, a, a buckle bomb into a shooting star press. Like that's a clean win right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> big boy, uh, big boy, Matt cross hit the shooting star press and Helico got the win. And we have new trios champions. The third ever trios championship reign has begun. And, uh, and even though I'm less, I have less of a problem with the three stooges. I, they are boring. Yes. They're yeah. inherently, like, they're boring by design. They're boring. 
Um, I think they're boring because they don't have enough Day of the Dead kind of aesthetics to them. Because okay. uh, that kind of, like, I, like, I don't like The Fiend, but I like Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah. Uh, this, because what I'm trying to say is, like, you can have, like, an undead character and have it go well. And you can have it not, you can have it stink. I, I think they're just boring. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, the crew yeah. should have been, like, losers and boring, but they're more interesting. Yeah. No, you're right, and we'll we'll talk about them later on in the episode. We don't but, have to. <clears throat> no, we'll, we'll we'll mention them after this match. We see Prince Puma training in the back, and he's of course harassed by Johnny Mundo. Who, like, what room does he have to talk? I just saw you. You know, a week ago, I saw you and your girlfriend lose basically a handicap match to uh, Cage. But you know, whatever. Um, Johnny says. I love this segment, by the way, because Johnny oh, yeah. just walks up to him like he's friends with him. He's like, hey, buddy. Yeah. How you doing? He's got the glo- like, yeah, here's the thing. You know, Puma's throwing kicks and punches at the heavy bag. Mundo's got gloves on as well. He's not really doing anything. He's like shadow boxing. Johnny says like, oh, yeah, training for Aztec warfare, huh? He's like, yeah, I need to do that, too. I'm not going to take it easy like I did last year. I'm not going to let that happen again. And guess what, buddy? When I win Aztec warfare... It's back of the line for you, Mr. Giraffe Tight. <laughs> I love way, that. Giraffe Tights, that was hilarious, dude. I popped. Yeah. Mundo leaves, and Prince Puma punches through the heavy bag. And they added in a tiger growling effect a few that times. Was, that was cheesy. <laughs> I loved it, dude. I, Lucha Underground does do cheesy stuff, but they're, I feel like because they're self-aware, it's good. Yeah, no, I would agree. I'm just saying it is definitely cheesy. Let's not let's not deny that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pardon me. After that, we see Rey Mysterio talking to El Dragon Azteca Jr. and he pours him some tequila. And Azteca says, "Well, what's the occasion?" And Rey says, "Hey, your training's done, and you got this envelope." And Rey also got an envelope, and they were both invited to Aztec Warfare next week. How convenient. So, yeah, contendership. You know, for both of... Potential contendership for either of them. They just got to win Aztec Warfare. Next up... was the bull rope match between Tejano and Chavo Guerrero. And Tejano comes out. Chavo comes out with the crew. The crew gets on the uh, apron. Chavo orders them to attack Tejano. And the crew who are tired of getting their ass kicked by Tejano are just like, screw this. And, you know, they shake hands with each other and they walk off. Well, they and, were hired by um, Dario. Dario yeah. gave them their protection from Mexico for Chavo. Yeah. And Dario's Dario gone. gone. Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I got to say for this, I just wrote down, we're still doing Chavo versus Tejano with double question marks. And I well, just wrote down, I went to the bathroom. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I feel like this was the end of it. It had to be because and well, okay, one little small attention to detail I liked here is as Chavo was admonishing the crew, Tejano was like slowly reeling Chavo in, you know, mm-hmm. not not giving him like any slack on that rope. And Chavo turns around and the ass kicking just begins and it just goes on for a few minutes, not too long. And of course, our boy gets the win and Chavo Guerrero takes the L. Thank God. This is a weird one, dude, because like I feel like I'm less uh, down on Tejano 
the second watch, like watching yeah. review. I feel like I like Tejano. Yeah. But these feuds are not helping him. No, you're right. You're not wrong. Like I, I, I feel bad being critical of it, but it's just Chavo. He does nothing for me. No, like dude, I'm, I, I'm actually upset. He's in AEW. Like I hate to be so down on a person. But am I? Am I the asshole? Like I just, <laughs> you know, I'd rather have Vampiro. Yeah, no, put that in the Reddit for sure. Am I the asshole? Um, <laughs> no, you're not. You're not an asshole for that. Like Chavo Guerrero in 2015, just not. Or 2016, especially. It's not it. He's doing his best. He's trying to be a heel, but it's just... I feel like there's been weeks of this not being a topic. So I felt like this was also kind of just shoved in here, like, in a death spot. Like, it's like, okay, well, maybe you should just not have done it. I am going to look at the... The last time we saw Travel Guerrero was on episode 5. So there, this has been three, there's been three episodes since we've seen, or pardon me, two episodes between his last appearance, not one. And they haven't talked about it. No, it's because it's a lower tier feud. I I think this one was just, this is one of those misses of a feud (laughs) that they had all the time in season one. That's just like left over. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Because it's funny, yeah, this is a continuation of a season one feud. But I believe this is the bookend, thank God. And uh, after this, we see Mil Muertes beat up the Disciples of Death for failing him. And Katrina says, hey, spare him. And, you know, she says, well, or not. And (laughs) Mil Muertes walks off. After that, we are again 375 miles from the temple. We see we hear Matanza still eating people in the desert. And yeah, when I say eating, I'm literally eating. He's a hungry boy. He is a hungry, hungry boy. Um, <clears throat> next up was our main event for the Lucha Underground Championship, a rivalry renewed. Mil Muertes defending the Lucha Underground Championship against Ray Phoenix. If I could give a comparison, especially with the finish, I would say Brett versus Diesel from Survivor Series 1995. Uh, we skipped a segment, actually. What did we skip? The reveal of Matanza. Oh, did they show him? Yes. Dario Cueto says, we're going back to the temple. Takes off the key to it around his neck. And he opens the door and they show... Jason, I mean Matanza, show up. <laughs> He's wearing a uh, mechanic suit with the sleeves ripped off. <laughs> and he has blood all over the chest. And he has a very J- Jason X uh, style mask. Or even a, uh, if you've played Splatterhouse, uh, Spl- Splatterhouse or even know about it from like the late 80s, early 90s. I forget when. It's an old video game. Uh, they remade it for Xbox like 2016. Um, very much those vibes that uh, he's he looks like a slasher monster from a, from a, you know, slasher film. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You said Jason X. I couldn't help but think of Jason in space and, you know, kind of chuckled to myself. I think that's what I meant to say. Either way. No, the same movie. Uh, but no, here's the thing. I am excited to see what Matanza does inside the temple. And, you know, maybe we get a glimpse of that sometime in the near future. Maybe. <laughs> what do you think of the main event, man? I'm going to be 100% honest. I watched both these episodes back to back, and uh, it's hard for me to watch a lot of wrestling 
in a row lately. Uh, just yeah. I love wrestling. You know, we're all wrestling nerds, but there's so much content out there. Like I'm yeah. behind on a few on a, on a different promotion. And I just did, I didn't, my courage wasn't up for this match. I just wasn't even really paying attention at first. But a testament to how good this match was, it sucked me in like halfway through. Like I really wasn't feeling it at first, not because it was a bad match, but just because I was just cooked. I was done. No, and that's the thing. Uh, Mil Muertes in 2016 doesn't put on bad matches. I will say this I saw King Muertes in Battle Riot 3, MLW's version of the royal rumble or aztec warfare Mm -hmm. um and i was disappointed at what i was seeing he is a very uh he's a big boy now yeah he's he's big here but Mm -hmm. it's all muscle mostly like he's bulky you know whereas like he's kind of fat now (laughs) he's getting older i mean he's this may have been his i don't know this he mill is great uh, yeah. but people that don't know he was Judas Macias uh-huh. in TNA, and that was awful. Uh, yeah. He he was the Abaddon of TNA. And what's funny is, you know, he had the long hair as Judas Macias. He still had the long hair under the Mil Muertes mask, and we actually got to see that tonight. That actually took me back. I was like, whoa, he has hair? <laughs> yeah. Super long hair, dude. Like, his real name is Ricky Banderas. Like, he may look white, but he is Mexican as all get out. His hair was, it came out like he was like a mad scientist that got electrocuted or something. Because <laughs> no, he's, got, he's got luscious long hair, dude. I mean, the, the Mill did like it, it was, it was the, the greatest hits of Mill and Phoenix. And Mill's ripping off Phoenix's uh, mask as, as much as he can. But because the stories, you know, come full sequence, Phoenix starts doing that to Mill, mm-hmm. starts ripping his mask and revealing the human, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Pasquale. Pas- Pas- <laughs> We're cutting each other off. Pasquale Mendoza. Yes. Sir. Yes. They show the human side of Mill, and maybe that's a weakness. But I mean, I I, I really didn't write down. I, I've been trying not to go spot for spot because you really should see these matches. And this is a yeah. match, like I said, like if you ever like depressed and you watch a comedy and it's a comedy you love and it does nothing for you because you're not in the mood for it. But sometimes when you're not in the mood for something, you it's so good that it brings it out of you. You start having a good time. That's what this yeah. was. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right for sure. And I, I'm going to say this about the match. I think it was more physical than the Grave Consequences match they had. It got really physical. I, I'm... Uh, I uh, it got yeah it got pretty physical. I don't know which one would be more because like I said, I was tuned out in the beginning a little bit, so I didn't catch all those points. Uh, one of the points that caught me was uh, when Mill pushed him off the guardrail on the second floor into the audience, almost like when Darby was thrown into the audience by uh, what's his name, um, Ethan Page. Ethan Page, yes. Uh, it, this match was crazy considering it was just a regular, it was a no DQ match, mm-hmm. right? But it was still wild. I mean, there was, there was one part, I think mill botched. I think he was trying to do that thing where, you know, Kurt angle will run up and throw someone off the, the turnbuckle. Yeah. Uh, they kind of, I, I don't know if it was botched or something weird happened, but uh, I think they turned it into a DDT. I mean, one of my favorite parts is when Will was smashing, uh, I think he either powerbombed or he started smashing Phoenix's head on the wooden box. It's like this, on the announcement table where Vampiro sits, there's like this wooden 
box like just made out of wood like just plywood and just hard wood like i don't know if you noticed that but he started smashing his head into it god yeah it's like it it, there's no way it has any give yeah dude what a what a match really and what a moment because oh by the way at one point katrina gets so desperate that she gives mil muertes the kiss of death Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Like, was it like, oh, she wanted to encourage Mill? Or was she trying to take even even if there was like a point zero 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 one percent of humanity left in, in Mill Muertes? Was she trying to take that away with the kiss? What was going on? And even that wasn't enough because Phoenix rose from the ashes again. He was in flatliner position. He turned it into a cover. He bridged the cover. Phoenix got the win, and Phoenix became only the third ever Lucha Underground champion. This is the moment I forgot. I completely forgot Phoenix won the championship, so I was blown away. Like it was almost like it was the. Have you ever seen Fifty First Dates? Yes, that's what this was. I was like the first time. This was almost like the first time me seeing it. I was. I was it popped me. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, "Holy shit, Phoenix won!" <laughs> <laughs> Because it was a good finish. It wasn't like a cheap roll-up. It was one of those like Jack Evans kind of pins or or uh Zack Saber Jr. type of pins. Like it was a it was a uh I don't know what it's called, but it's it's like a bridging it's 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 I think it might actually be the Zack Saber Jr. Br- uh bridging pin. It may very well be, but it, it was very it, it was what what you would call a flash pin. Like I said, similar to what uh Similar to the small package that Brett got Diesel with at Survivor Series '95, but you know, still, still deserved. It, I, I, I would say it's uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a cheap win because Phoenix went through hell. Like you could see half of his face, and he's wearing a mask. So I mean, and and you could, and it wasn't a pin that you could just roll out of. No, no, the bridge compromised Mil Muertes's position to a permanent end. Yep. You know, it's something, but I'm damn proud to be in the temple. <laughs> Let's grade this before we forget. Yeah, no, we don't forget on the second episode. It's the first one we forget on. Uh, by the way, that was a reference to John Cena's speech after Osama bin Laden got killed. Um, I will send it to you if you forgot about it. It's yeah, you, really know, good. you already know I forgot about it. It's really good. Um, folks, okay, yeah, let's let's give her a grade. You know, we got Mil Muertes, uh, pardon me, we got Phoenix, a new Lucha Underground champion. We had a bull rope match between Tejano and Chavo. We had a trios title rematch, now or never stipulation on there, and uh, a couple of vignettes. Uh, Mysterio and El Dragon Azteca drinking tequila and opening envelopes. Prince Puma training a heavy bag, and uh, Johnny Mundo being a dick. And Katrina kissing Phoenix, which was hot. Mm. <clears throat> so how would you grade this episode i'd give it an a just because chavo and tejano really was mm. nothing i you here's the thing you would have had a uh an s class show if you had had the trios titles cage versus taya mm-hmm. with a johnny mundo segment and yeah. a nunchuck segment and you finished it with mill versus phoenix if you had all of that, you'd probably literally have the best episode of Lucha Underground so far. 
so far easily i mean yeah. and that's the thing is like it's being being realist like they can't really have s class shows um but you know you want the grade there because you want well, to be able to recognize it kind of like a six star like you want something that shows that something broke the scale yeah here's the thing i am not uh i'm not gonna i'm not going to uh scoff at an a effort and that's what i'm giving this episode is an a because A's are nothing to scoff at. You don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You don't tug on Superman's cape. And you don't piss in the wind. Okay? Unless you like it. Yeah, of course. Of course. And what you don't do is you do not skip the full set of Limp Biscuit at Lollapalooza if I send it to you. That's what you mm. don't do. True. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, nobody wants to admit it, but Limp Biscuit still puts on a good show. Who said they didn't? Uh, haters. Mm. Yeah. Haters that think like, oh, they're the reason Woodstock 99 was on fire. It's like, no, no, blame the promoters. Come on now. Oh, God. People said that. It was a, f- yeah, that's, that was yeah. the, uh, that was the, uh, environment and the, uh, access to water and shit. Yeah. Hey, wh- why was he, what was he dressed up as? Do you know? Uh, oh, at the Lollapalooza thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was a gimmick thing because he's got a new track on their album. They've got a new track on the album called Dad Vibes. So I think that's kind of what they were going for, something something funny, something for people to laugh about, that sort of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Like, in on the joke, he's not out there just like, cool, looking like a dumbass and not realizing it, you know? Mm. Yeah, I figured he was dressing up for, I mean, I knew he was dressing up for a reason. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, this episode of the Grave Consequences podcast brought to you by Limp Biscuit, um, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Um, <coughs> folks, we are going to get out of here. Thank you for listening. Check out every other great show here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, if you want to listen to all of those shows, search for the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download your podcast. Rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you want our solo feed, you can find that by searching for the Grave Consequences podcast if you haven't already. And always remember that, uh, you know, sometimes if you're doing it all for the nookie, you might end up looking like a chump. <laughs>